Hello and welcome back to the Magic Kathy show and a very powerful interview guest. I'm so excited and very in line with the full moon in Libra and also the whole topic of feminine masculine energies which I will definitely talk about more because it's the key for this year as well of course next to many other things but harmonizing feminine masculine energies within ourselves first is the key to everything it's the key to alignment it's the key to kundalini awakening to your connection to source to all of that and i have a very special masculine being for us today i have kevin orosh on the podcast today we had such a deep dive conversation about so many things about archetypes about the feminine the masculine relationships right how to navigate relationships how to heal relationships how to do the inner work and the outer work and how to just come together as whole divine beings feminine and masculine how to have that sacred marriage really between feminine masculine energies within ourselves first and then obviously being that being reflected in the external world as well so if you're curious about relationship dynamics if you're struggling with relationships or or are just generally curious about healing your feminine and your masculine within yourself, this is your episode. And it's very in alignment with, you know, I just launched the Apricadabra School and Level 4 is all about relationships. And if you missed the school, you can also just sign up for the Level 4, right? I also offer every level as a standalone as a standalone course. So if you would like to have a self-study session, definitely, definitely check out the link below in the show notes and you can sign up for level four only if you are only curious about relationships, go into synastry, into, you know, relationship dynamics, understanding them as a mirror and as a teaching. Very, very excited about that. And of course, if you have issues with the relationship and you would like to have a reading around that, I'm more than happy to do that as well. Just hit me a DM on Instagram or shoot me an email and we can navigate that for you because the last thing that we want to do in 2021 honestly is to settle for less that's story of the past you don't want to settle for less anymore meaning if you're in a relationship you really want to know when it's time to leave right and if you want to call in a divine partner you really want to approach that from the highest level of your self-worth and so that's very important that's also why in level four we talk a lot about your love language venus your worth, all of these things. So we can really activate the code of I am attracting, right? I am a magnet to my divine counterpart. And, you know, I work a lot with like also telepathy and like already connecting to that soul because we are all able to do that. We just forgotten how we would do that. So with all of that being said, I'm very excited for you to dive into the conversation with Kevin. Definitely, definitely give us feedback, share it on Instagram so we can both see that you were a listener and definitely check out Kevin's page. He is a manifester. He definitely is a manifester informing all of us on how we have to navigate relationships, how we can move forward. So, so excited for more masculine presence here on the podcast as well. And just generally highlighting feminine masculine energies as well, because it's also, of course, I, I did and I do level five in the astrology school is all about the divine feminine. So it's also important to really see that, you know, both the masculine and the feminine are rising, not just the feminine. So I'm very excited for all of you to dive in. Enjoy so, so much. And yeah, definitely step into your divine worth and your magic.
Welcome, Kevin, to the Magic Kathy show. I'm so excited to have another masculine presence here on the show because you definitely need some masculine support and we will go deep into masculine energy with you today as well. But honestly, not just masculine energy, but also awakening the divine feminine in masculine energies or like in, in men because that's something that I talk about a lot. It's not just about awakening women to their divine masculine energy. It's also healing the suppression of the feminine inside of men. And obviously we can go deep, deep into that. Um, but first of all, welcome and yeah, introduce yourself a little bit to our audience. Amazing. Really honored to be here, Kathy, and thank you for inviting me. Um, and we met through a mutual friend, which is a beautiful synchronicity. And yeah, you know, I'm, I'm a speaker, so I'm all about telling the stories that are going to shape the narrative of the new earth, the benevolent culture that I'm committed to. So I'm also an author. I have a book with two co-authors that's uh, titled Sex, Masculinity, God, The Trialogues. Um, and I do a lot of mentorship and I teach online courses all around everything from breath work, high performance habits, meditation, um, all the way to Tantra, sacred sexuality, and men's work. So masculine initiation, rites of passage, how do we build healthy men, right? Which starts with how do we raise healthy boys? And then how do we awaken divine masculine and feminine energy in male and female bodies? And obviously, in the current climate in the world, there's a lot of charge around that. There's a lot of polarized discussions. And I'm, I'm really a, a stand for the positive mythology that is emerging on the planet. Mm, that's amazing. And I think, you know, the first question that I would have is, when did you wake up to the fact that this is the work that you need to do, especially during the time that we live in right now? Because, I mean, I've looked at your chart. You are Virgo sun, uh, Libra rising. Aquarius moon, so we all can we can already sense the Aquarian theme here. Aquarius is not not, um, but also you are a manifester, right? So you're meant to lead the way, and an emotional manifester on top of that. So there's a lot of, you know, talking about emotions and going deeper into our emotions. Obviously, Pluto and Scorpio generation, we go deep and we transform the values here on this planet as well. But what I've observed also in my own journey is that at some point we just he heard the call, like if we hear the call, right? And if we didn't ignore it and we we're just like, fuck, I need to do this now. Like it's time for me to wake up, to do my own work because I'm meant to lead people into this new world, into this new paradigm. So when did that start for you? Yeah, it's a, it's a wonderful question. And I mean, I love that you're so informed with astrology and human design. Mm -hmm. and so I'm a, I'm a student. I'm, I definitely don't claim to be an expert, but I love it. And I've spent a lot of time trying to understand myself through that lens and I've worked with clients with it as well. Um, yeah, for me, the, the wake up call, you know, I, I, didn't, I didn't set out to do any of this work, to be clear. You know, I started in government, political science. I thought I was going to be a lawyer and maybe even a politician, like in my like youth, you know, 16, mm -hmm. 17, age 18. So I, I knew I was good with language and my teachers were telling me that and I didn't want to do math um, or anything to do with, you know, that kind of numbers world, but I felt very cold and dead to me. I was a very like imaginative um, child. So um, when I got to university, I was raised Catholic. So I was like very much caught up in that, the fear of hell, um, sex before marriage, meaning mm -hmm. sin and, you know. That I was bad and a lot of the shame that came with that I found myself really shut down in a relationship my high school sweetheart came with me to university and I, I thought this was the woman I was going to marry 
and was very in this narrow mindset. And basically the wake up call came when I found out she had been cheating on me, like in my tribe. And, you know, I was completely naive and unaware at that time of like some of these dynamics, even though all the signs and warning flags were there. So when I, when I found that out, um, it was devastating. You know, I, I got rocked out of this kind of train railroad track, like go, go to school, you know, get a job, blah, blah, blah. And so this was like a red pill for me. You know, it sent me into a deep depression. I started heavily drinking, um, depression, anxiety, and was really disillusioned. Now, at the same time, I discovered psychology in a deep way and actually changed my major to psychology and philosophy. I was reading the Yoga Sutras. I was reading McDowell's texts. I was reading, um, you know, the Western philosophers as well, Heidegger, Nietzsche, um, Kant. And I was really trying to understand myself. And plant medicine appeared at my reality. Yoga appeared in martial arts. So I actually found myself in these Eastern and, and shamanic practices without knowing what I was doing and started to build up this, you know, new mythology for myself and really got on this, this pathway that's led me to like, okay, I need to go to grad school, do a PhD in evolutionary psychology. I was really into evolutionary psychology, still am. Um, obviously I didn't follow through with the PhD because I got disillusioned again and ended up selling most of my things, moving to California um, and then selling everything I owned after going to Burning Man, going to transformational festivals and sitting with a lot of amazing teachers in Qigong and Tai Chi and in Tantra and yoga and realizing that none of this was for me. And so the path I'm on now really found me. I did not set out to do men's work. I did not set out to learn about masculine, feminine polarity and, and, the, and the dynamics and energetics. So yeah, long story short, I, I traveled to Southeast Asia, you know, with no idea really what I wanted to do. I started a blog, I thought I wanted to be an author, and I found myself in another relationship, another breakup, and then in India, very raw. And I was blessed to be in an ashram there with the Iyengar teacher, who was extremely powerful, and then an Osho teacher, a sannyasin. So I learned about Tantra directly through you know, dynamic meditation and these active meditations that, that Bhagwan Sri Rajneesh developed that many people will know from Wild Wild Country, the documentary. Um, and you know, that, that rocketed me into the personal development world. So I moved back to Los Angeles, started running retreats, workshops, training in authentic relating, uh, nonviolent communication, um, training in bioenergetics, breath work. And that road led me into men's work. So I discovered um, my mentors, my peer group, and what I had been craving the whole time. And this is what I find for a lot of people, that your dharma or your calling, well, it's attached to your wounds for sure. So what you are struggling the most to understand and integrate becomes your superpower, yeah. which for me was relating to the feminine and relating to myself as a man. And then the mentors appear. You know, and the hero's journey was a big part of my lens. So this work really found me. Um, I started coaching full time a um, little over six years ago, almost seven years ago. And so um, that has been a pathway for me through mastermind, speaking on stages, creating a lot of content, um, mentoring men and women one on one, and then leading men's groups, both in person and online. Wow, it's like that sounds pretty much like a story of a Pluto in the first house person. Just to sprinkle more astrology in, and everyone who has Pluto in the first house or by transit knows that it just feels like you are a shapeshifter. You know, you go through like so many different 
I want to say personas, and that's probably also where we feel very drawn to archetypes and like Jungian psychology, like and even astrology at some point, because it, it's amazing how you just change and you f discover so many diff different puzzle pieces to your overall makeup or like your overall soul, right? And yeah, it's just fascinating to me to always to observe like people who either have Pluto in the first house or I had, I have Pluto in the 12th, so I've been through my Pluto in the first house transit and it just feels like I've lived so many lifetimes already, you know? And I think, I truly believe that it's, because you are meant to share all of these stories you are meant to really talk from experience you are embodying what you preach you know it's not something that you've learned like you you've been through it and that's also where our lessons and our wounds are really our gifts and that, that's something i say to so many um people that i read and that are struggling it's, it's always tied to your purpose it's always you know when we speak about mythology it's chiron it's the key to your purpose it's your deepest wound because you heal yourself with every single client that you have. And I'm pretty sure that the work that you do now, it's so rewarding because it's also like so healing for yourself still to this day because it's a never ending journey. It's, it's your whole, it's your life theme. And I mean, I can see that in your chart. You have Lilith in the 12th house with Mercury retrograde in Libra. There's a lot of like feminine energy. Venus, you're ruled by Venus as a Libra rising. And Venus is also your first planet after the Ascendant, which I'm always saying, like, it's the most important planet. And in Scorpio, she's deep. Like, she, she wants to go deep, and she can also be very much, you know, betrayal and, like, all of the lower aspects of Scorpio can be a theme for you. And so would you say, like, the man's work that you do is because you wanna, wanted to improve your relationship to, to the feminine? Or how did it come about that you are focusing more so on men? Or did you want to make men feel more comfortable with the feminine energy? Yeah, I love that you have the chart there and just <laughs> draw these parallels. And um, I mean, it's, it's a both and. Yeah. So 100% what I became very knowledgeable about and experienced and practiced a lot was what I was struggling with. So, mm. you know, for me, excelling in school academically was was not a challenge that that actually became a superpower and like just avoiding work like my laziness became a superpower because i was more interested in other things like learning and experiences now with the feminine that that betrayal it it shattered this naivete and forced me to want to get better and be like and understand myself now I truly believe having been gifted and honored and humbled with amazing women in my life and the relationships I've had that have gone, been super deep have been my greatest teachers and mirrors. And I find this is also true for a lot of men that they're, they're romantic and relating constellations are their main dojo. Now, there are some men that find a very stable relationship with a woman or the feminine. And their, their main dojo is their purpose and mission, which I, I, I agree with. They're, they're co-equal in a man's life. And I actually believe personally that a man's North Star is his, his gift to the world, his service, his kingdom, you know, whatever you want to call it. This can be your career or job, or it can be your artwork. It can be your story, which I found is what is, is really resonates with me and what I help men unlock um, when I work with them. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, and this is, this could be considered old fashioned. And when I share this, sometimes people get triggered. Um, 
you know, look at the story of Troy, you know, 10 years of war between the Trojans and the Greeks. It was over a woman's love. You know, mm. these Greek myths hold some keys. Why are, are men buying the fancy cars, selling the company, you know, buying the land, you know, doing all these amazing things with economic and scientific and business prowess? Well, you know, at the end of the day, they, they want to feel loved. They want to feel loved. And for a lot of men, if they don't love themselves, which this is the big journey of the man's inner feminine, right? Yeah. Then they'll seek it outside. So their drama will play out or their triumph in relationship. And that's beautiful. You know, that's, that's, that's like, that's a creative dynamo for humanity, right? It's like where humans come from, like the, the interplay of, of sexuality and eros. It's eros. It, it's driving nature. I, I see it as an evolutionary force. So therefore, as men, it's important to become skillful at it. It's important to establish sovereignty. And so the, the, the siddhi, the, the goal is sovereignty, right? I'm self-sourced. I love myself. And then I can, when I'm with a woman or a partner, even if it's same sex, it's, it's the masculine feminine that shows up no matter what, then you're of service and you can dance the dance together and play and create. But the shadow of that is codependency. Mm. And so a big part of my journey, as you said, was healing codependency inside myself. And that starts with my mother, right? And my father. And it starts with the lineages. And then it starts with the rubber meets the road in your lived re relationships. Mm. And I feel like, you know, what you just described with man is it's actually very beautiful. I mean, kind of beautiful, but to see in the world right now, obviously there's a lot of like, at least what I always like to point out, especially to women, that there is this distortion of female empowerment. I feel like it's, I always like to say it's very coded to say that because what female empowerment really did was that women embodied more masculine energy, but it's basically just like being the patriarchy to yourself. <laughs> you know, it's like I'm suppressing even more that I'm actually a woman and that I actually, you know, don't need to hustle and grind all the time. But I feel so empowered because now I have my own business and now I'm doing all of that. And it's pretty much something that I had to work through myself as well because it feels weird to not do that. And it's almost like, we are so disappointed by man that we embody the masculine energy in a very toxic way. Does that make sense? I mean, this, this makes so much sense. And this is honestly my main work with women. Mm -hmm. So when I work with women one-on-one, -on -one, this is a big part of the themes. And, you know, I've heard it said both ways, and this is pretty deep. And obviously, if you're listening, you know, I can't, I can't explain this to you in a way that will be better than you experiencing it. The most wounded feminine is inside of male bodies and the most mm. wounded masculine is inside female bodies mm. because of what you're describing. Um, culture, the patriarchy, you know, civilization as it's being practiced right now in the mainstream is very harmful yeah. to sensitive feminine beings and sensitive masculine beings that have that core polarity. So. And that's just the main polarity. So when you go to the flip side, what Jung called the anima or animus, the, the unconscious energetic in a man is feminine. And so this is a lot of the work when trauma comes up or when there's economic scarcity or bankruptcy, when there's physical injury, when there's infidelity, divorce, etc. These are inception points of crisis that awaken the opposite pole of energy. And for a lot of people, they don't know how to navigate it. And 
rightly so. No one taught us how to. Our parents didn't know how to. So part of what humanity is doing, as far as I can see, when you really zoom out, is we're learning how to reclaim sovereignty. And, and as a man, that means, you know, there's nothing wrong with emotion. All the shame put on male emotion is, is, is just constructs. It's, it's bullshit. So a lot of men are just holding back the grief, the tears, or the rage and the anger because there hasn't been a safe place for it. And so the polarities have flipped, you know, in the new age community, I know because I did it in the past and I know all the women complain about it. A lot of the men become very feminine. They grow their hair out. They start dressing differently. They want to be in nature. They want to play music. They want to be relaxed and just kind of like let go of the hustle. And that's a healthy polarity swing at first. And then like you're describing, a lot of the women are like, all right, we got to start businesses. I'm independent. I'm single. I don't need a man. You know, I'm going to do this. Um, and this, this is not serving um, these, these beings. It's, it's a phase and it's beautiful, but what we want to go to is wholeness. We want to go back to our innate sense of balance and sovereignty. And so for everyone that looks different, but you can feel it in a being. And, and this is the beauty of Tantra, which Tantra is not just like sexuality. Tantra is a, is a blending and a philosophy of life. It's a philosophy of expression and balance with the inner and the outer, the above and below, and the masculine and the feminine. It's, yeah, I mean, and, and even, you know, when you talk about sex, it's, it's such a, I feel like that's also really much awakening on right now too, where we also have to see if it, it's too extreme or not, right? You don't have to show up naked everywhere in order to show how open you are sexually. But it's more so like understanding that and the book that comes, comes into my mind is Meeting God Through Sex. And it's interesting because it's very targeted towards women, right? And that a woman doesn't really need a man in order to connect um, to her sexuality and then ultimately the portal to the universe, right? And like that concept really helped myself like to really reconnect or like to rebuild my relationship to sex. But you and the book that you've read and uh, that you've written um, sounds similar. I mean, I don't. I haven't read uh, read your book, but I feel like it's it's a similar concept, and it kind of empowers even men to connect to their sexuality, and then ultimately to see it as a sacred art, right, and a sacred practice. Because obviously, we when we see like the pornography culture and all of the things, the relationship that men have to sex is very very distorted. Yeah, I mean, this is at the core of so much, and, and it's really deep in, in the wounding of the masculine. And honestly, to trace it back to its source, and this is controversial, but, you know, it's circumcision. So, and, and there's also the female genital mutilation. You know, this is, this is a primordial wound that will have to shift for us to see healthy entire generations of men. And I don't, I, don't, I don't pretend to know all the solutions. There's so many political, sociological, cultural dimensions in that. Um, I know for me, you know, that won't be a choice that I would make with my son or sons. Um, pornography is a big one. So, you know, pornography and semen retention is a big part of, of mm -hmm. what I've had, I had to teach myself and then have taught men because it's at the core of, of so much of, yeah, the male psyche and how it gets programmed around, you know, you named it, the distortions. And so, um, you know, and the female version is, is, is different, but has a similar frequency around the distortion of, you know, 
the uh, the sacred prostitute or like mm-hmm. being leaky with sexual energy and using mm-hmm. that in business or even like you know vibrator and sex toy culture i see there's there's different things for the females that you know as they awaken their femininity and their divine nature you know it comes in with some of these distortions that get packaged in with commodification and you know celebrity and capitalism and for men it, it does involve the pornography and the and the relating to sexuality and the and the violence instead of the heart and so that's a big journey right now for men and um that's really at the core of a lot of other things because for a lot of people i mean this is a beautiful quote a sister here in bali was sharing who's a feminine empowerment coach you know all of our first experiences were with the naked female body mm. our mother yeah. and so the naked female body is the most taboo and the most marketed thing mm. and this is not by accident there's there's a very deep coding you know I, i'll just name it black magic that's been used to distort that and that the the good news family is that our our innate nature is unfuckwithable erotic innocence mm. sexuality there's nothing shameful about it it's sacred it's divine it is a portal to god i mean that that book and you know in our book it's a bit more like analytical philosophical it's like three male authors so it's a very much a male view um but i mean certainly that is something that we're going to have to contend with in this century healing mm-hmm. those wounds and transmuting that yeah because i mean it goes even deeper just if you think about sex as like a very taboo topic or something that is you know i don't know like shameful then you would be the byproduct of that because we all like like there's no other way that we end up being here so obviously maybe deep down inside there is the seed of like oh my gosh i am also like you know the byproduct of something that is actually shameful so i have to you know that's where the core wound of like feeling ashamed and feeling not good enough and feeling like you know there's something fundamentally wrong with us um comes from really and you know i i, I speak about that in um i think one episode where i talk about the the transition into the age of aquarius which is basically transitioning out of the age of pisces and the opposite sign of pisces is virgo and so that core core wound of virgo really is about there's something wrong with me and something outside of me have has to save me you know has to has to take all of my sins away and I've, i'm never good enough no matter how much i work it will never be enough like that's the core core wound of virgo so a lot of people with virgo imprints obviously are also here to serve people but it's pretty much also because we carry that deep deep down inside of our dna it's just energy you know when i speak about astrology it's just energy in your dna and you have that imprint or program in your dna because you actualize that specific role here because you want to transform something in the world so it's not that there's something wrong with you it's just like you choose that obviously because you want to feel how that feels and you as an aquarius moon you you pretty much feel the collective like you are you you're very connected to what's going on and so obviously that's also why the way you communicate to people and the stories you even have to share they are like in sync with what 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 people experience right Yeah, I mean that's that's the way I absorb information too. Mm-hmm. Like it's through story and you know, stories are alive. 
stories are living. You know, I, I really see language as living being. Um, memetics, the idea of memes, which are like the core units of language, like genes are the core units of DNA. Um, the memes we're sharing, and I'm not talking about funny internet pictures of cats, you know, that's, <laughs> that's a very low grade meme. I mean, I love memes, those kinds of memes, but you know, meme was coined by Richard Dawkins in his 1976 book, The Selfish Gene. And it just talks about, you know, how memes see seek to replicate much like genes. So storytelling for me is a high art. Mm. It's also one of the original arts. As soon as humans evolved language, what were we doing? We're sitting around gazing into the fire, telling stories to each other about creation, about what we did that day, about our, our journey, our heroic acts that day of hunting and gathering and discovery and poetry. You know, this is, this is at the core of the human experience and everything's embedded in it, everything. The whole content culture of Instagram, Facebook, CNN, CNBC, the BBC, it's all storytelling, all of it. And it's what's shaping a lot of reality right now. Financial markets, politics, sexuality, you know, all of it is, is embedded in narrative structure. And so when you start to understand that, and then you start to learn how to enunciate your own at a high level, um, that's the front line for me. And I know at the Aquarian North Node, you know, it's, it's a big part of my, my journey this life is to, to tell those stories and to be a way shower for myself and then I can invite people with me and you know just hold up the lantern and, and be you know that that water bearer of the good news hopefully <laughs> yeah it's an air sign at the end of the day um but yeah it's and it's so true because you know yes stories shape our reality but in like both ways just to put it simple because you know the minute i always like to say the minute the mind kicks in in our evolution we are being programmed that's also why i love to say like the language is very coded so we need to bypass that or we need to reframe our stories because with every single thing that we experience we create our own stories and then we live out these stories and they keep showing up in our hologram or in our outside world and we don't even see that it's it was us that created the story around that specific event and it means something right and Obviously, globally, right now, we deal with the South London Sagittarius. So it's all about letting go and really moving past these limiting stories that keep us very, you know, yeah, again, limited in, in a box and like in, in our victim mentality. And we are not able to see an alternative for ourselves. You know, that's also why I love um, the whole concept of shape-shifting or just like allowing yourself to not just play out this persona for the rest of your life, just because you're born in that specific family. and you know, that that's the story that you've been sold, that this is how your life has to look like. This is how the world will look like. I mean, we can clearly see that that's not the case anymore. So it's, it's time to move past that. And that obviously includes also our stories around feminine energy, around masculine energy. Um, so it's a big, big thing. And I feel like the work that you do and also like me in, to a very large degree, I'm always helping people reframe their stories. To clear that uh, i always say like we need to clear your mind it's just all programming right not that the mind is bad you can use your mind in such a powerful way it's your computer it's your hard drive to code all everything around you but if the stories are toxic like you can't expect a miraculous life i mean this is at the core of what i've been working on actually for this next program i'm about to launch which has like been years in the making um, And it's exactly what you're saying about the difference between victimhood mm. and creatorhood. 
Mm. Or I, I believe the opposite of the victim is the heroic stance towards life. And the hero isn't, you know, the selfish one that's getting all the gold and women and the glory and celebrity. That's a very distorted hero template. The actual, he the, the word hero, heroes, in the Greek etymology means guardian, protector of the village. They're actually the one that's in most service. And it's not about them. It's about us. It's about service. So a big part of what's happening on the planet, and when you see all these people that are really, really struggling right now, and, and you know, I have, a, I have so much compassion for these people and for those willing to walk, you know, the path of, of, of growth and look at your shit and, you know, come into alignment. You know, you have to step out of victimhood. So a lot of people are under these spells, you know, spelling, they're, they're spells, like you said, or if you want to use the computer way, it's, it's programs. So you're writing these scripts. And a lot of people are writing victim scripts or they're being written by culture, propaganda. And, and you know, we all have that, that part of the story. You know, this is Neo before he gets the red pill. He's like, he thinks he's just working a dead end job and he's a victim. He can't really change it. It's like, well, you know, then the Morpheus and the awakened come knocking and it's like, hey, by the way, you're writing this. And so when you get the, when you get the reins and you get the pen back and you can write your script, who are you gonna be? Well, you're gonna be the hero of, of your movie. Who else is if you're not gonna do it? And we're all doing that individually in sovereignty and then we're co-creating interdependence in the big story of creation. So it, it's a paradox, right? Because you have to do it on your own. You have to form your relationship to creatorship and not victimhood. But then the whole point of doing that is to join the music, join the dance. And everyone's story is connected. We're living one story. It's all, it's the human story. So there's, there's real power in, in understanding how narrative shapes our life. Yeah, it's, it's, it all goes back to also, do you, are you ready to take responsibility? And I feel like even that comes down to obviously the childhood wounds that we have and our relationship to responsibility and, even masculine energy in that sense. So it's, it's actually, you know, I always like to say like that I obviously look at it uh, through the lens of astrology. It's, it's poetry, what we experience right now. It really is because we are so supported, you know, with all the transits, it's like Chiron and Aries healing all of our childhood wounds, right? And that obviously brings us back to the very, very origin, which is feminine, masculine energy. And only when we align that inside of ourselves, we can also meet the outside world in an aligned way. And that's not just true for relationships, but your relationship, like relationship with people, but your relationship to life and to everything in life, to the tree, you know, to, to your job, to everything, to, to birds. It, it's, it's just the foundation of the quality of life. And I always like to say, at least, you know, from my understanding, the relationship that is really the foundation of all of that is your relationship to source. And many of us also feel like, especially, you know, the people that are in the spiritual field as well, and they feel like I, I'm not human and I'm like a star seed and I'm like not from this planet, right? We feel abandoned, right? And so we meet that abandonment story in everything in life. And so that goes back to also obviously, you know, going deeper into that wound. And I mean, it's a whole rabbit hole, but um, yeah, what I wanted to say is just that again, like the, the, or, like the seed of our healing is, I truly believe like the feminine masculine energy. So I would love to you know, obviously you said that you, you work a lot with men, but also with women. So 
do you then, when you work with a woman, focus more on the feminine, uh, on the masculine energy, or how how would you approach working with men and women? Yeah, this is this is great. I, I agree with you. First off, that at the core of the separation is the masculine and feminine. Yeah. You know, it's the mother and the father, yeah. and it's at the yeah. core of where we feel this. Yeah, the abandonment from God, right? The yeah. separation from Goddess, whatever you want to look at it as, um, it's at the core of everything. It's the, it's the core wound. It's the fall, right? It's, it's there in Eden, in Genesis, in the Bible. It's this core coding that is, is woven into culture. And it's a bummer. It's a downer story. I mean, in a psychedelic... Yeah, we forgot, we've forgotten about it. You know, you yeah. forget that, oh, fuck, like you chose that. Like it was actually your choice. Like you, you haven't been abandoned, but then we create again the story around it, right? Right, right. And, it, and it's a bad trip. You know, if you look at it like, yeah. like we're in a, a journey, which we are, it's a bad trip. Yeah. And so how do you come out of a bad trip? Well, you choose. It is a choice. Yeah. Um, not easy. Not easy at all. But it's very simple at the end of the day. And only you can do it. Um, and that's not just lip service. That's, that's an embodied experience of existential oh, awe and just, you know, it's, it's there. And, you know, when you talk about working with men and women, it's funny because with men, you know, we focus on the masculine, strengthening that, coming into alignment, coming into integrity, aiming at something, having goals, having training, discipline. I work with the masculine archetype, so king, warrior, magician, lover. But what's, what's interesting is as you build that up, as you move towards that, the feminine is equally as important and comes into play. So without even focusing on it, it becomes a huge focus. Same with women. With women, we work on the feminine. And it's the correlate archetypes, you know, queen, huntress, priestess, and lover. So it's like, let's get the feminine energy flowing, empowered, amplified, surrendered, juicy, you know, electric. And then naturally, the masculine has to come online and come into alignment. And so it's very different, but it's very much the same. It's the same journey. It's just a correlate, right? Masculine and feminine are perfect complements. The law of polarity, the law of gender. It's a natural law. We're complementary to one another. Men and women are allies to each other. Masculine and feminine are perfect allies for existence. Anything but in, in the way of that, and it starts within you. It's not about like having a harmonious marriage or something. It's, it's inside of you. And anything in the way of that, you know, is wounds, templates, distortions, beliefs, limits you put on yourself or someone put on you. And it's just getting all that out of the way. And then coming into polarity, coming into magnetism, coming into alignment. And, you know, a lot of it's buried under beliefs about the self, right? It's low vibrational emotion that gets stuck or trapped in time, usually in childhood. Shame, blame, guilt, fear pain you know these things get in the way and they prevent us from developing into our most beautiful selves and the good news is that you know all you got to do is you got to feel it you got to move it you got to <laughs> contain it release it find it experience it and then naturally your, your being will regulate back to its homeostasis so it's 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 extremely powerful once you when you said it earlier like if you have a fixed identity or belief about who you are that's going to be in getting in the way of who you're becoming. Yeah, it's letting go and surrendering, for sure. And um, 
I don't know if you if you um, have perceived that in the very same way, but I feel like 2019 to now, even now still to this day, there are so many people struggling with breakups or it's just in my field, but everyone comes to me and there's like issues with relationship. And I always, you know, I, I'm the last person to say like, you need to break up because I feel like that, you know, the relationships that we have are our greatest teacher. And there's always a reason why, your highest self puts that mirror in front of you. And so, of course, it's easier to run away from the mirror. And that's like something in our society and culture that is very much, you know, the easy route, just like exit, right? Because the next person is right on the next app. Um, so it, it's like that, you know, loyalty, let's just say, to the relationship and to the dedication to the work is very much, I guess, is forgotten. Where do you feel like that comes from? And how do you see relationship dynamics moving forward? I mean, this, this goes to the lineage work and, you know, most of us, I know certainly I did it. And my mother and father were incredible teachers and are for me, but they didn't template a healthy relationship. They templated the opposite. So I, I had no idea what it even looked like. So that's where I go out and start dating and forming these relationships and get my heart broken, get betrayed, fail, fight, like all this stuff, you know, it's, it's, we're all in this dojo of relationships and, you know, technology, like you said, is speeding it up. So it's like super fast, you know, a hundred matches on your dating app and like, you know, speed dating and like all this stuff, you know, it all gets externalized or projected or transferred at first. So all the shit that you're not aware of in yourself, you know, or any trauma that you're comfortable with from your opposite sex parent and, you know, Sigmund Freud and Carl Jung and these guys, you know, 150 years ago, cracked the surface on a lot of this stuff. And a lot of it's true. A lot of it you can verify in your own experience. It's, there's truth to it. You know, you'll, you'll seek this stuff out in a partner and play it out. And then you'll get tired of it at some point because mm -hmm. you'll notice, why am I attracting the same kind of guy every time? <laughs> Why am I always dating the same kind of woman? Like, what is this? You know, these patterns form because they, they want to shift. It's a mirror. It's literally showing you how you relate sexually, emotionally, physically, mentally, spiritually. On all these layers, you'll attract your match. You'll attract, I mean, it sounds woo-woo and cliche, but it's true. If you're, if you're dead set in some kind of energy or you have some 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 complex inside you that's working its way through you and you're not aware of it and directly addressing it, the partner will. Mm. And so you, you'll, once you're aware of this though, it's so beautiful because then you'll just know when it's happening and then you can name it. And then if the partner has the technology and language as well and the self-care and sovereignty to not just project it, but to own it and move through it with you and lean in and support even if it's not in the relationship, you get support in the men's circle and the women's circle with, with your mentors, elders. You can move through all of it. And then you can actually find out what's real, what's authentically your desire. What do you actually want? And that's, that's the scariest thing of all for most people is coming to terms and admitting and owning what they actually want. And how would you approach, you know, that's a question that I get asked a lot also from many clients. It's when you do the work and you constantly do the work, I feel like there is a balance or like a fine line, let's just put it like that, a fine line between always finding or searching for the issue inside of you, 
right? Versus like the other party also has to do the work. And when it's the time to move past, like to really say, okay, this is not working. Like I've really, really done all of my work. Like, you know, especially if you come from a codependent place or, you know, it, it can be really tricky because you feel like, no, I still have to do work. And the truth is we always still have to do work. It's never ending, right? So how do we draw a line there? Yeah, this, this one is tough, you know, and I, I get it because I've been through this myself and I've been through it with a lot of clients. Um, you have to have really strong boundaries and self-love and awareness. It's the only way. So, you know, relationships come and go for reasons and seasons. And then there's these lessons you're learning with each partner. And obviously in hindsight, you can see that, but when you're in it, you're in it. And if you have a lot of these ideas and expectations, it can be really painful to have those unmet or broken. So, you know, it's funny, my, uh, my good brother, Adam Roa, and you know, some of his past work in relationships, he talks about the slinky effect. He's the first one I heard this from. I don't know if he made it up, but the slinky effect is like this twin flame soulmate dynamic, mm. which is so hyped, but there's some truth in this where one partner, I feel like, like pre 2020, I feel like it was mainly women that were doing this, but now it's men and women I'm noticing, like you're talking about, but one partner would just wake up and just get full power. So, right. They've been married for 10 years. It's been kind of, okay, we know what's going on. And the woman goes and drinks ayahuasca or she goes and does sex magic, or she's like, she's powering up. She's becoming a queen priestess. She's waking up and growing super fast. She's making a ton of money. Maybe she quit her job going into business. Maybe the kids have gotten older and now she's awakening her strength in many ways. And the, and the man just has no fucking clue. And it's just, he's, he's threatened. And so it's the slinky, right? The slinky effect is like one side of the slinky will just get, will pop up and all this tensions created. So that partner, and this can happen the other way too, where the man has a big experience and a big upgrade and the woman's in the old pattern and is threatened by it. We'll try to tear him down or subconsciously play this out in drama. And so the tension of the slinky effect is that the other partner has got to grow too. They've got to take ownership and do their work. It's not about trying to become the same thing. It's about rising together. So this dynamic plays out. And, and you know, unfortunately for a lot of people, their relationship won't survive it because they don't have the tools. Or their season was finished. And they just are clinging to, well, this is the one. I have to make this work. What will my parents think? Blah, 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 blah. So there's a level of attunement around this where, well, I mean, this is, this is the classic wisdom of like Rumi and Sufi mystics. You know, if it's meant for you, if the love is meant for you and real, nothing can take it away. Even if you spend time apart, even if you move to another country, even if you go through this cycle, if the love is real and powerful and there's dharma and karma, you'll, you'll, you'll find your way to each other and nothing can break it. Now, where do you draw the line? This is the tricky part. Only you know. And you have to develop discernment. You have to go through the experiences. And it's all self-knowledge. So if you know inside your heart how you feel around that person in relationship to them, and you know where you begin and they end and you have healthy boundaries, you can navigate it with language, with, with action, with love. But a lot of people don't have these tools because no one taught them to us. So that's mm -hmm. part of the work we're doing right now. 
Amazing. Yeah. So tell us where we can find you and discover more about your work. I know you also have a podcast and you share a lot of messages on Instagram as well. Yeah. Uh, my podcast is The Revolution with the R in parentheses, mm -hmm. R Revolution. It's on iTunes, Spotify, all the places. Um, lots of good stuff on this from powerhouse men and women. Um, I'm like backlogged in episodes, but you're definitely on my list later oh. this year. The new year. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, kevinoros.com, K-E-V-I-N-O-R-O-S-Z.com is my website. Everything's there. Um, I share on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube. Um, and a lot of my work is, is surrounding the masculine archetypes right now. So I, I have an online school, the School of Mastery, which is flow state mastery, which is like teaching morning routine, teaching high performance habits. And then I have masculine mastery, which is teaching the male archetypes, mastering, you know, women, wealth, purpose, your body and mind. So it's like, it's very simple. And, and couples can take that together. It's powerful for women too, to take that course with a man or for a man. Um, and yeah, my book is on Amazon. So it's, it's, by myself, Kevin Orris, Cato Last, and Daniel Dick. It's with three co-authors, and it's 10 chapters that are of the most taboo topics around sex, masculinity, and God. Mm -hmm. And they're in, a, they're in a conversational format, so they're trialogue. It's three men, you know, we're all academic philosopher types, um, you know, breaking this stuff down, everything from polyamory, infidelity, divorce, sexual trauma, um, the divine in sexuality, mm -hmm. and of course, masculine movements. What is men's work? So. That, that book will really speak to people who have a lot of desire to understand some of this stuff from all angles. And yeah, that's, uh, that's what I'm excited about right now. I'm, I'm really excited about um, this new program, which is combining the hero's journey and masculine um, healing and integration all together. It's going to be a group program I'm going to be launching very soon, probably at the beginning of April. I love that as a Leo, you know, it's all about Leo. The archetype is about the hero's journey. So it's like, and you know, obviously everyone has a sun sign, which is your brightest light and you can only shine your brightest light if you embark on that hero's journey. So it, that's essentially what life is all about to become that sun sign, that brightest light. And so that's why, you know, when I look at the chart, it's all just a story that we, yeah, I see it as a movie. It, it really is. It's just a story that we've created actually, but we've forgotten how these players interact with each other and how we can navigate them. So yeah, it's all, it's all about becoming the director of your life again. So that's exciting. I will share obviously all the links down below in the show notes as well, or info box if it's YouTube and um, definitely check Kevin out and yeah, maybe we will have him in the Ascension school. I'm going to convince him to do a little bit of work with women. That would be amazing. And um, yeah, thank you so much for being here and sharing your insights. Thank you so much, Kathy. I'd be honored to be in your school. Bye. Ciao.